Technology has enabled dramatic advances in healthcare, but in some cases, speed and precision may have come at the expense of human interaction and empathy. We need to re-humanize healthcare and empower clinicians to improve the delivery of both treatment and care. Welcome to Nuance in Healthcare, a project by Nuance Communications. In this season, we look at the evolving field of clinical documentation improvement, or CDI. As more hospitals launch health management and quality initiatives, leaders should ensure their staffs are empowered to accurately document each patient's story without overburdening them. Listen in to hear how leading healthcare professionals are using artificial intelligence and other technologies to improve patient outcomes and deliver more value to the healthcare organizations they work for. In today's episode, I speak with Anthony Oliva, Chief Medical Officer for the Healthcare Division of Nuance. We discuss topics like how CDI makes it easier to treat patients and keep accurate records. We also talk about how it helps bring together physicians and coders to provide more effective healthcare to the people they are serving. Let's pick up the interview where Anthony explains his unique journey in CDI. So I am a family medicine doc by training and actually started my career after residency in the Air Force for a couple of years Um, and spent a lot of time when I was in the Air Force really learning the world of total quality management. It was in the early 90s and that had sort of taken over the world back then. And that was great because when I came out of that immersion training in total quality management and entered the hospital sector, the hospital world, because of the Joint Commission, has just started sort of tinkering with continuous quality improvement activities. And when I walked into my first hospital and my first medical staff position, nobody knew anything about this, including the quality people at the hospital and everyone. So it was a great opportunity for me to get involved with physician leadership on the quality side and got involved with quality committees, et cetera. That sort of elevated me into wanting to look at being a physician executive and making that more of a stronger part of my future development. So um, as it turned out, I became the chief medical officer for my hometown hospital and went through the American College of Physician Executive training, including a master's in medical management and a fellowship there, and then took my first full-time role in 2002 at Bay Health in Dover, Delaware as chief medical officer there. And from there, just my career sort of went with a few larger organizations with sort of expanding roles to the system level. The consistency, which sort of fits into my role at Nuance with CDI, clinical documentation improvement, both the traditional and now the that as far as technology as a front, came around because I became very interested in the impact of clinical documentation improvement on the outcomes in quality measures. And I become very interested in trying to use outcome measures, severity adjusted outcome measures to help move medical staff performance. And turns out when we implemented CDI programs, um, which in my case were all of the nuance programs in the form of Jay Thomas in their legacy before they were acquired by nuance, we got significantly notable improvements in 
clinical outcomes. So clearly then I began to understand the connection between these two worlds of revenue cycle and clinical outcomes as the way we were being measured out there in the world. And that sort of became a, a very heavy interest of mine and remains an interest to this day. And uh, so I now uh, work really hard in helping to identify ways that through clinical documentation improvement, both traditional program and uh, technology, we can continue to help organizations that partner with us move the ball on quality performance as well. So that that's sort of my journey and how I ended up here. Yeah. Can we clearly, like, you have a ton of experience you're able to bring to the table. Can you take me back to maybe one of those first instances where you started to see, just practically speaking in the day-to-day, that CDI mattered and could make a difference? Yeah. And it was, it's sort of very early in the CDI world. And it was back in about 2004. Um, we had, I uh, was at Bay Health in um, Delaware, and they were nice enough to go along with my wish to have some good analytics. So we had a risk-adjusted analytic provider called Delta Group, which is now Comparian and part of Quantros. And I was running that data pretty regularly, creating physician profiles. At the same time, we wanted to take a look at this sort of new area out there for hospitals, which was clinical documentation improvement. So we partnered with Jay Thomas And because I was sort of in both worlds, and now we had J.A. Thomas report to me because I had actually HIM and quality reporting to me, including case management, when I was at Bay Health. So it was a natural fit. And what ended up happening is the first quarter after implementing the CDI program, I was just running my normal data and saw about a 75% improvement in our severity adjusted, risk adjusted mortality. And the light bulbs went on right then and there. And as I started to dig more and more into this, I started to realize that these two worlds were ultimately connected, but nobody was looking at them as a connected world. We were still looking at them as CMI on one side and revenue and quality on the other side. And I knew that if you really wanted to drive performance, you had to bring these two worlds together. That was my first experience there. Yeah, that seems like a a really potent number. Can you make it even more tangible for me? Like, what does a 75% increase look like on a human level? Yeah, so when you think about it, if we we were at average performance, right? So if you looked at, most of this is driven by observed over expected mortality performance, right? And and what we were seeing is we would work really hard on month-to-month observed mortality, the actual inpatient mortality in the hospital. And we were making En-ROADS, but not significant. And, and the expected mortality was running relatively consistently stable uh, with some minor ups and downs. What ended up happening is after we implement that and uh, implemented CDI and you're able to capture more of the severity, what happens is that expected mortality goes up significantly. So the denominator went up dramatically. So the risk adjusted mortality index observed over expected, which was running about one to 1.1 dropped to about 0.3. And it was with no real change in our observed mortality. It was all driven by the expected. 
So clearly that told us that, um, that we were not capturing the true image of how sick our patients were. So when we were comparing ourselves and to everybody else, we were comparing a population that we were underrepresenting from a, a, uh, how sick they were. In, in the best layman's terms. So by changing that, driving that denominator, we were able to significantly reduce that. And, and that stayed there pretty consistently over the next couple of years. We, we were able to maintain that performance, which mm-hmm. was um, pretty exceptional. So if I can repeat back what I'm hearing then, is it sounds like implementing this program allowed you to have a clear baseline, like where before it was just slightly off and then this was able to define that in a way that was more accurate? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, define the population more accurately. Okay. Which ended up being a better baseline as far as how sick the population was, right? So if your population isn't as sick, you wouldn't expect that many mortalities, right? Mm -hmm. The sicker your population is, the more mortalities you would expect. But if you're not capturing all the documentation that helps describe how sick your population is, you may be taking care of a very sick population, but only getting credit for a non-sick population. So by fixing that, you're, you, you stabilize your performance in what the rest of the world sees your population as, and therefore you're getting better performance now against where you should have been. And, and because back then, every, not everybody was doing CDI, you could jump the pack pretty quickly, right? Now, as everybody's doing CDI, it's a little harder to jump the pack, right? Because everybody's sort of doing it. So you, you tend to make incremental or maintaining your performance rather than sort of jumping the pack like you could back in 2004. Especially, too, I think it's so unique that you have the journey that you have from one side of the fence now to the other, like actually working with nuance. How do you feel like elevating CDI over, say, a traditional program has positively impacted hospitals? Well, and, and I've been sort of sort of pounding the pavement on this for, for a couple of years now. Um, and, and I will tell you, one of the reasons I joined Nuance after Jay Thomas was acquired by Nuance was specifically because I saw that if we didn't get CDI in the front in front of the physician earlier and we couldn't spread it out to more people that eventually you weren't going to, you weren't going to be able to manage the continued pressure on your performance without that. So human, human capital alone in a traditional CDI program just wasn't going to be enough. Um, And it's very costly. I mean, I, I, I managed these programs for, for 10 years on the hospital side and the turnover and finding good clinician nurses to, to be in those roles was always a challenge. And so it wasn't easy to do that. So if you're going to figure out how you're going to best utilize those human resources, which have to stay there because this is too complex at this point for just technology to do. But we can use technology to get some of the, the, the lifting of some of that low-lying fruit off of the backs of the CDI um, specialist, and we can get technology to help us improve the performance and the productivity of those CDI specialists 
by um, by bringing some of this stuff right to the front end with the physician. And technology with natural language processing has gotten good enough that we can begin to do that. And, and I, now I believe strongly more than anything else is if you don't have, or if you're not looking in your roadmap towards technology as part of your CDI journey, then you're gonna fall behind pretty quickly from those that are looking at um, technology for that journey. It, it just, it, you can't get to all those records all the time. And the nice part about technology is it's agnostic to a payer. It's agnostic to which day the patient's in the hospital. It's always there 24 hours a day, seven days a week, no PTO, no sick time. It's just there. So it helps at CDS in, in so many ways in dealing with much of the stuff that's for the, sort of the routine stuff so they can get back to the deeper stuff, which really could impact the organization at a higher level. Yeah. Can you give me, again, if we can distill this a bit, what are some specific ways that technology has impacted CDI? Sure. So as we look at just the ability to identify specificity opportunities. So for example, with Dragon Medical One and Dragon Medical Advisor, which are part of our our, uh, cloud platform now with Dragon, we have the ability to look at a note while it's being created. And when the physician in key diagnosis areas, those that matter significantly, documents a diagnosis that should have more specificity, we can immediately tell the physician that there's an opportunity to be more specific here. You said CHF. Well, what kind of CHF are you talking about, right? And and put those in an ICD-10 um, format for them to look at and say, oh, okay, well, this is easy. I'll just I'll just validate this right here and now. So that's one way that technology has done this. So we can do that right inside the the immediate workflow in one to two seconds the physician can adjust that documentation and not worry about being contacted the next day to go in and make that adjustment so you know do it now get it off my my radar for the for everybody else the second way which is really more sophisticated is sort of having that what i would call Um, virtual CDI specialist. That's our computer-assisted physician documentation piece, right? So what that allows us to do is identify clear clinical documentation, which um, brought together has not been defined by a diagnosis, yet it completely tells a story of that diagnosis. So I'll give you an example of maybe sepsis, for example. And we notice that a patient has pneumonia, and that's clearly documented that the patient has pneumonia, community acquired, for example. They're 88 years old. They have their blood pressures low, their their, uh, heart rate, their respiratory rate are all is all elevated. Their white count significantly elevated. They're running a high fever. And the physicians only documented at this point pneumonia. But this is a much sicker patient. They've not said that the patient looks like they have sepsis, but we're pretty confident that the patient probably has sepsis. So we can now alert the physician at this point in time 
to capture that opportunity if they feel that that's appropriate. So that's that's sort of the 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 opportunity to really look at a depth that is beyond just specificity, but really looking at the clinical um, performance and documentation that's already in the record. And then the third way is that we can now capture specific items in the in the text and allow that physician to very easily put that into either problem lists, medications, past medical history, and other places. So now they have that placed in structured text in within the EMR so that we can carry that forward to everybody else that touches the record. So those are just, that's sort of the, the a few ways now on the horizon and actually now the, the opportunity to actually search the medical record with using voice prompts like show me the last pathology report, show me the last x-ray so that I as a physician don't have to go through and sort of chase through the record to identify those types of things, um, all beginning to evolve in our in our virtual world. So so that that's how I would describe what's what's sort of out there at this point. Man, okay. So if again, if I can repeat back things that I'm I'm hearing because this is so fascinating, you have an element of almost the CDI software being able to kind of think or prompt you in particular areas, like you said. You have these other aspects where there's almost the automatic search for things. Uh, it sounds like a consolidation where normally yep. a human would need to go and put all these records in place in the different areas where the software can just do it. And it becomes yep. just, a, it sounds like it's becoming a more thorough yep. and holistic Right. version of any patient that walks through your door, any pa- patient that gets treated. Yeah. And, and the nice part is so what I've been describing actually to this point is really all about the physician, but we didn't want to forget the CDS too, right? So, so how do you make them more productive knowing that they look at, you know, they, 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 when they look at records, we know from a historical perspective, about 30% of the records they look at will find an opportunity if, if they're a good CDS, right? And they're looking at the record appropriately. Well, that means that 70% of the time they're looking at records that aren't providing that for them. They're, 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 they end up not being fruitful. So the question always has become, how do I identify those records that are going to have the best opportunity for me, right? Which ones are going to make it more likely that I'm going to find an opportunity so that I can be more effective in, in my job. So, so what we've also implemented is our, um, another cloud-based tool, but for the CDS in, uh, in our CDE1 CDS platform. So now that actually triages the patients by looking, by using our natural language processing, clinical language understanding, which is what we call it, to actually um, identify those records that are more likely to be fruitful and allow the organization to even customize how they want that triage to look at or look for different patients, depending on um, potentially some of the things that are important to them. And also, this also provides the opportunity to use the engine to identify clinical information that the CDS may actually be able to use sort of as breadcrumbs to identify deeper opportunities. So making them much more productive, helping them interact with the electronic record and the physicians more easily, providing them templates, and even providing them templates 
for support of denial and appeals so that the key reasons for clarifications being asked are documented well in case there's a question of denial or needs for appeal in the future. So that, we think, has really changed the landscape for the CDS on top of putting some of this in front of physicians to do the work up front. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, you're, you're obviously it's fixing breaks before they happen. It's preemptive in that sense. And then it just seems like it's clarifying communication across the board. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Do you have any, because um, we've been talking about these on more of that upper, upper kind of broader big picture view. Do you have any examples that come to mind of ways that it's helped the hospitals you're working with or the clients that you happen to be working with where they've seen big changes like the one you mentioned? Sure, sure. So actually with our CAPD implementation, one of our initial hospitals that we implemented computer-assisted physician documentation and actually did not implement our CDI program. So we just put the physician-facing piece in that, um, that hospital um, we actually saw before and after change in severity adjusted mortality in their performance went from the 17th percentile nationally up into the 90th percentile nationally um, in the three months after implementation of the program. So a dramatic change when prior to that for over a year, they had not moved off that 17% mark. So again, the same thing that I had seen before with the traditional program, bringing in just the physician facing opportunity has been significant. And then we've recently implemented the CDI tool at a couple of facilities and we're still sort of gathering some data there, but boy, I'll tell you, the people on the ground that are using this product have had uh, fantastic things to say about it. And what we did actually see was after implementation, the number of, of actual impact clarifications actually went up significantly through that triage process. So a bigger focus um, helped sort of drive the CDS into the better categories to, to actually improve that. So we're very excited. These are Those were early findings, but we're very excited about um, the, the potential for getting future data and, and supporting that going forward. Yeah. So, I mean, even on the one, if it, I want to from even my point of view, be objective for a second. That's like a, a tremendous gain from, yeah. you said, the 17th to the 90th? Yeah, significant and, improvement. And so with something like that, did was the cause similar to what you were saying before? Like it was just an improper documentation of how sick the patients actually were? Yeah, so when you look at that and you, you realize that there's severity-adjusted uh, mortality index that, that observed over expected drops significantly, the only intervention was adding the CAPD in and the ability to just get more of those diagnoses into the record changed how they looked to the rest of the world. And that's the, that's the impact. And again, the difference here was um, we didn't actually change the back-end program. That stayed the same. We changed the front-end program for the physicians so we could actually get more opportunities in front of them. And that was the difference. And so practically speaking, with, with a change implemented like that, it sounds like the rest the rest of the world, so the people that the hospital are responsible to, 
they're able to convey a more accurate picture of what the patients coming in are like, but then also internally the to that other piece, like you were saying, of the quality of it, the hospital now sees more clearly and is able to communicate with each other more clearly about these patients. Yeah, and more clearly about to the rest of the downstream, right? So if I get the best view of how sick that patient is, and I am able to encapsulate that very well during that hospital stay, that everybody that interacts with that patient down the road, whether it be the payer trying to understand how sick the patient is, other physicians, other caregivers trying to understand where this patient is, we've just elevated their ability to understand that patient better. Yeah, And that's a key, right? It's very important then as we get into that, especially as you get into risk, when you have to manage that patient going down the road, you really want to establish that level of risk and severity early so everybody understands the type of resources and the focus that you might need to have on those patients. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. One other thing that I wanted to ask you about was this idea of what is ambient clinical intelligence and what's CDI's role in that journey? Yeah. So ambient clinical intelligence is what I consider the future of healthcare. And if there's anything that gets me more excited, it's this concept. And the fact that I'm part of an organization that's had a major breakthrough in this is is even um, more exciting. When you think about the physician and the electronic medical record, the electronic medical record has been one of the most disruptive technologies that's come into play with the physician and the patient. It has become the the one barrier to that relationship that used to be there between the, the physician when they used to walk in and when I walked into the room in that paper world and I used to sit down with maybe just a note on my, um, on my knee and talk to the physician, a patient and just take some quick notes while I'm talking to the patient. And I was able to look at the patient, focus on the patient, see how they were reacting to my conversation as opposed to having my back turned and, and pecking on a typewriter or pointing and clicking through an electronic record. That has changed the world. What Ambient does is says, I can bring the physician and the patient back together and let technology take the words and the conversations between those parties in the room and distill them into what will look like a note. So in Ambient technology, we're able to identify who's speaking by using voice biometrics, which person is talking? Is it the doc? Is it the patient? Is it a nurse that's in the room? Is it a family member? Capture all of that documentation just as they're talking. But while that's happening, convert it in real time to what the physician would typically document in their note. Because a physician doesn't document conversation. They document clinical information. So we're able to distill the conversation, get the appropriate parts that the patient's talking about in the history, the appropriate parts that the physician's talking about in the physical and in the history that's being distilled from the patient, and then finish with the opportunity to actually set up the the possibility of, of, um, of orders. And this is where CDI comes in, in real time, opportunities around 
capturing diagnoses that haven't been captured during that very conversation and making them just available to the physician before they ever sign off on that record in real time. All of this happening without the physician having one keystroke to the entire conversation with the patient. If anything will change healthcare, it's that because it brings the physician and the patient back together. Yeah. Yeah. So again, I just want to repeat this even for maybe a a listener, if they're not familiar, obviously a lot of the people in the hospital know how this works and it's, you go in, you're either having this conversation and taking notes as you go, like you said, on a computer or whatever it might have you, you might need to document things more thoroughly after the fact. But what you're saying is that in layman's terms, this technology is allowing to the the conversation in the room to be captured from all parties, it's transcribing it, and then it's turning, it's converting those things into relevant notes that would be equivalent to what the doctor would submit to the rest of the people kind of down the chain? Absolutely. Yeah, it's it's fascinating. I watched a little bit on this. I watched some of the videos on this, and I was really just blown away because it's like, for me as a, just really as a patient, as an outsider to a lot of this world, to have technology really do what I've always personally felt like it should do in terms of just enable us to be more human. Like it's really easy to go either way, but like you're saying, it just becomes this thing that runs in the background and the doctor is able to truly be present to the patient and the patient's able to feel like I matter. And and there's not this barrier, like you said, of the computer screen or whatever it might be. Oh, absolutely. And it's so important to have eyes on a patient while you're talking to them. I mean, so much of what you get as a physician is more than the words, right? It's body language. It's how they answer. It's, it's looking at their eyes. And, um, you know, there's a lot of, of normal human, um, communication that goes on beyond just the words. Um, so getting our eyes back on the patient and having that conversation or on the family, um, who's listening while the patient's talking and maybe rolling their eyes and you get an opportunity to say, hey, well, what's really going on here? That's all big as far as true care. And the fact that we might be able to help the physician get back to that is really exciting. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So in all fairness, you do work for Nuance, but I, I do want to ask for people that are in positions that have control over CDI and what it might look like for their hospital, what last piece of advice, so they listen to our interview right now, they're able to hear a lot of these things. What piece of advice would you have for them? Like what should they be considering as they're looking at and trying to improve their own CDI programs? So this is, I think, probably the biggest advice I give everybody is sometimes in CDI as leaders, we think that CDI is checking the box that we're doing it. Yep, we have one of those CDI programs, check. And what I would caution you is don't do that. Identify if you're really getting everything you should be getting out of this program. Because if you're not, you're going to begin to slip behind in a world where it really has begun to matter. So I would argue that you take a look at your program, you make sure that you're you're firing on all cylinders, you bring in maybe some other providers to take a look and see if there's an opportunity uh, to improve what you're doing. Um, But it's important that you not just say, yep, we're doing that, so I got it checked. I, I think that 
CDI for me has always been uh, something that required constant operational management. It's just something that you have to keep doing. Your medical staff turns over, you have to keep educating them. Your CDI staff turns over, you have to make sure you have a program in place to keep them up to date and moving forward. Does your CDI program do that? Does it educate your CDI people? Does it give you ongoing consulting so that you can find ways to keep improving? Do you get good analytics to help you manage and operate your program to the best that you possibly can. If you can't say yes to those things, you probably should take another look at your program and make sure you're not missing something because it, it can be that blind spot that you think is happening, but it really isn't. Man, thank you so much. This has been excellent. Great. Nice talking to you. Appreciate it. Thank you for listening to Nuance in Healthcare. To learn more about Nuance's AI-powered solutions and services, or to learn more about the show, please visit nuance.com forward slash healthcare. That's nuance.com forward slash healthcare.